Welcome to the Power in Motion podcast, the show for women who want to develop a kinder relationship with their body so you can feel healthy, happy, and confident without restricting food, doing torturous exercise, or constantly worrying about the number on the scale. I'm your host, Kim Hagel, size inclusive fitness specialist and certified non diet health and life coach specializing in body image. This podcast is here to provide weight neutral, health at every size aligned information and coaching on sustainable habits and mindset shifts so you can feel your very best in the body you have right now. Let's lace up our runners and go for a walk while we chat. Hey, friends. Welcome back. Hey, if you're just joining us for the first time, I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Kim, and I am a personal trainer and registered holistic nutritionist with a passion for helping women to heal their relationship with movement and exercise and their body image so that they can just get off of that start-stop cycle and step confidently out into the world in the body that they have today. And if you're joining us again, welcome back. I'm really thankful for each and every one of you listening to this podcast and being part of our community. And a special shout out and thank you to anybody who has left a review over on iTunes. It is so helpful to me and to our community for those reviews to be there because they help our podcast get seen by other people who want to hear this message. So if you've left a review, thank you so much. And I'm going to give a shout out to Stephanie today who left a review on iTunes. She starts by saying, finally, fitness without dieting. I love Kim's view on movement and fitness, finally able to be inspired to move my body without having the diet culture playing in the background. I'm looking forward to listening going forward. Thank you so much for your review, Stephanie. It's definitely appreciated. And for the rest of you, if you're getting value out of listening to this podcast, it would mean the world to me and to other women out there that need to hear this message if you'd leave a review over on iTunes. Awesome. So let's get started. Today, we are carrying on with our series about the 10 principles of joyful movement. And today we're talking about principle number five, which is respecting your limitations. I know we'd all love to think that we're iron woman, and we can do anything that we set our mind to and we can, but we're also human beings and we have limitations. So today is all about learning where that limit is and staying within it in a respectful way. Up until now, in the previous weeks, we've been focusing on motivation and breaking down diet culture, disconnecting our movement practice from trying to lose weight, and we've really been focusing more on the reasons why we struggle with exercise, why having a daily movement practice is difficult. And for a lot of people in the world, that is the issue. Getting motivated to exercise or beginning a daily movement practice is such a huge struggle. But then there's people on the opposite side of it, where they exercise too much, go too hard, too often, set these big goals that are unrealistic and almost unachievable. And that's what we want to get into today, understanding where that fine line is between challenging ourselves and going too far and overtraining. So while moving our body and being physically active most days is great, Like everything else in life, too much of a good thing is never a good thing. And it can be really hard to know where the line is sometimes between good movement and wanting to challenge ourselves and progress, but then going too far. I feel like I'm an expert on this topic. I'm a good person to talk to you about this from the standpoint that I have learned this lesson the hard way one too many times. That's how I learned most of the important lessons in my life. 
this topic is definitely personal to me as overtraining is something that I definitely struggled with in years past. I talked about my early history with sports and exercise and being the girl that was picked last for every sports team. So once I got the taste for exercise, I really had something to prove, like spending my whole life believing that I sucked and then finding out that I could do something. Yeah, I really had something to prove to myself and everybody else who ever picked on me. So for quite a while, early in my fitness career, my primary goal was to see just exactly what I was made of and what I could do. And it turns out I could do an awful lot. I did a lot of great things, but I'm not actually sure how well they served me. I actually ran a full marathon back in 2015, which was amazing, but not without some pretty major injuries and consequences that landed me grounded for a really long time after. It really didn't do a whole lot for my overall fitness. And unfortunately, I circled through this cycle of setting big goals and working my butt off to achieve them and then burning myself out, getting injured, having to rehabilitate and start all over from the bottom far too many times. There was no joy in movement in any of that. It wasn't until I learned to listen to my body and figure out what my own strengths and weaknesses are, what I actually enjoy doing, and what my actual goal was, which is really just a consistent movement habit, that then I solved the puzzle. So finding joy in movement means understanding what moves you. It means understanding that you are a unique individual with your own desires, likes, dislikes, abilities, and limitations. Respecting your limitations means meeting yourself where you're at and progressing towards your goals in a safe, body-respecting way. It means knowing what you're capable of, but also what injuries or mobility constraints you have, having a clear vision of where you want to go with your fitness and why. That's the really important part, why. And then taking the appropriate action to get there. A couple weeks ago, we talked about the gym police and how they shout at us all the rules, most of which are just arbitrary and all of which have do nothing but keep us stuck. It's really important to know what you want out of your personal fitness practice so that you engage in a movement in a way that meets your own needs and helps you get closer to that feeling that you're actually after, regardless of the rules that the gym police are barking at you about how exercise should look, that doesn't mean anything if it doesn't line up with what you actually want for yourself. And the majority of women that I work with are looking to move or exercise just to improve their overall energy level and mood, get stronger overall, and basically move through life with a little more ease. If that's your goal, Killing yourself at the gym is absolutely unnecessary. We'll talk about why in just a little bit. But even if you're an athlete and you're training to complete or place in a specific event, of course, you need to progress in your training and you need to challenge yourself. But it's still super important, probably more so in this case, to know and respect your limitations. For athletes, They can get a little bit competitive, and I know because I have been there and I am one. The gym police can show up as rigid training plans, these strict schedules that you must follow if you want to excel in your sport. 
And as a runner and duathlete myself who has competed in many events over the years, I know all too well how that competitive spirit can take over and drive you to constantly be pushing your limits. And that feeling that if you stray from the plan, you might not achieve your goal is so hard. Managing the athletic mind while listening to your body takes more discipline than any training program I've ever seen. When we get fixated on a goal and buy into all the rules and training plans without questioning them for ourselves, it's easy to become obsessed with exercise and that can end us up worse off than when we started. Okay, so I have a little lesson for you in exercise physiology today. There's two principles that I want to teach you about. The first one is called the progressive overload principle. And this one's pretty straightforward. Basically, in order to progress in your fitness, we need to gradually increase the intensity or duration of activity in order for the body to become stronger, faster, more flexible, have more endurance, or whatever the goal is. You've got to gradually progress the intensity or duration of activity. Important to state that this principle is only relevant if your goal is to improve your fitness and not all of us want or need to improve. I mean, that's where I am at right now. I'm perfectly content with my fitness level. I'm not training for anything in particular. I'm happy with my strength. I'm really just content to have a daily movement practice. There is no reason for me to consistently up the intensity of my workout, and that is totally fine. So bear that in mind. It is perfectly okay to just maintain your fitness. We don't always have to be trying to get better. So that was the first principle. The second principle that's really important is the rest and recovery principle. And this is the one that we always forget about. Everybody seems to understand the progressive overload principle because we all keep upping our intensity and keep working harder, but we either forget or don't know about the other half of the equation, which is that the body needs time to rest to integrate all the work that we've done in order to make the gains. Explaining this principle of rest and recovery really works best in a visual way. So I'm going to do my best to try to describe it for you. So picture a graph, a simple graph with an x-axis on the bottom and a y-axis on the side. The x-axis is time and the y-axis is your fitness level. So we're going to place a dot somewhere in the middle of the y-axis as your baseline fitness today. So how this works with the rest and recovery principle. We place a dot today where our baseline is, and that dot represents the movement or exercise or workout that we did today. So as soon as that exercise session is over, your fitness level actually momentarily decreases. Right? I think you could agree that right after a workout, you're a little less fit than when you started because you're tired, you spent some energy, your muscles are exhausted. It's normal for fitness to be a little bit lower in the hours or minutes after your exercise happens. So there's a dip down. If you can visualize after that little dot, there's a dip down on the Y axis. That's your period of recovery time. So during that time, as time goes by, 
there's going to be a dip down and then that's going to start to come back up little by little as the body integrates all of the benefits from that movement session, your fitness level is going to increase. And what should happen is that there'll be an increase above your baseline fitness so that when the next workout happens, you're a little bit higher in fitness level than you were the previous day. So the next day or the next time, I should say that you go to exercise, you're placing your dot a little bit higher up the y-axis than you did the last time. And then the same thing happens. There's a slight dip after the exercise and then it comes back up and it gets a little bit higher. And we keep having this down and up wave cycle. But if you drew a straight line through the curve, you would see a straight line that goes in an upward direction. Your fitness level would be gradually improving over time if you are resting properly. All right. So that's the first part of this. Now, if you were to take and combine the two principles of progressive overload and rest and recovery, if your goal is to improve your fitness and only if that's important to you, you will need to increase the intensity or duration of your activity, but they need to be balanced together. So this is where it can get a little tricky. And I see this all the time. It's really crucial that you meet yourself where you're at when you increase the intensity or duration of your exercise. The body needs ample time to adapt and integrate the changes that you implement in order to keep progressing in an upward fashion. And there's no hard and fast rules about how much recovery time is needed after any given type of workout. It just really depends on the individual knowing your own body. So back to our graph, if your workout was very intense, we're going to place a bigger dot on the graph. And what you're going to see is a bigger dip down in fitness level after, right? The harder the workout, the more recovery time that's needed in order to see the gains. So it might take... 48 hours just to return to baseline and another 24 to get the improvement from it. So you'll see that that takes a longer time to come back up to baseline and go beyond it. So what that means is you don't want to place another hard workout on your graph until you've come up on the upswing from the last one. If you go in tomorrow and do another hard workout when you're not even back at your baseline, you're going to put another big dot on your graph, but it's going to be at a lower point than your baseline fitness level today because you haven't recovered. And then you'll dip down even lower than you did yesterday. And then you come back up a little bit and you put another hard workout there, but it's lower than it was today. And you, over time, we'll see a gradual decline in your overall fitness level, um, which could translate as being injured. So I hope that visual makes sense. But what I'm trying to say is that the harder work you put your body under, the more time that you need to allow the body to integrate all that. Even professional athletes know about this. They know that when they do a tough workout, the next one or two sessions at the gym need to be lower intensity while their body integrates and makes the necessary adaptations. And also important to note that athletes take full seasons of rest and recovery and rehabilitation where they take the intensity way down and focus on correcting any imbalances, strengthening their core and things like this. So recovery, on the other hand, doesn't have to mean doing nothing. It just means lowering the intensity or working another part of the body while the part that you worked intensely recovers. 
For instance, if you did a really hard leg workout today, you might not want to go for a run tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow you work arms or you do some yoga. Or, you know, if you did a big long run today, tomorrow might mean riding your bike, right? So you just shift and make adaptations. You don't want to keep bombarding the body with the same hardcore movement day after day after day. So next question, how do you know if you're pushing the right amount or overdo it? And the great thing is that our bodies are brilliant at letting us know what it needs. A few weeks ago, we talked about the concept of embodiment. That was back in episode four, being in our body and aware of how we feel, not just in our physical body, but also our mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies is so important. We get signals from all four areas to let us know if we're on the right track. And being able to tap into that body's wisdom and listening and acting on it, that's the key. So if you're exercising at a level that's right for you, here are some things you should notice. Overall, you're getting stronger or faster. You see progress in your exercise sessions with what you're able to do. Secondly, your activities of daily living seem easier. So maybe it's not as hard to get up and down the stairs. Maybe you're more flexible and mobile. You can get up and down off the floor easily. You don't get as winded when you're running or walking. Third, you get great sleep and you wake feeling rested. Your energy levels are steady and consistent and sufficient enough to get you through the day. Your motivation is consistent. You enjoy getting up and moving regularly. Your overall mood is positive. And lastly, you think clearly. You're able to focus on tasks, make decisions, communicate well. In general, life is good. But on the other hand, here are some red flags, some signs from your body that you're maybe overdoing it and not respecting your limitations. Number one, workouts that you'd normally be able to do feel unusually hard. That's a sign that you haven't given adequate time to recover and you're starting to see a decline in your overall fitness. Like if you can normally run five kilometers and that's easy for you, it doesn't bother you in any way. And the next time you go out, your legs feel like lead and you have to just plow through it. That's a red flag. Number two, trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. What this means is that your sympathetic nervous system is still working even when you're trying to rest. And that's a major sign of overtraining. It can also indicate that your stress levels are high even when you need them to be low. We need to be able to calm down to sleep. So if you're tossing and turning in bed or you're waking in the middle of the night, that could be a sign that you're overtraining. Number three, feeling pain or stiffness in the limbs or joints. Now, if you already have a diagnosed injury, obviously you need to keep yourself safe and prevent further damage. You should be listening to the advice of your MD or physio and working within the parameters that they've set for you. If you have the belief that, you know, you just need to plow through it, that's the whole no pain, no gain thing, and it just gets you hurt. However, if you're noticing an increase in pain in a pre-existing injury or muscle soreness that's extreme or frequent or new aches or pains, that's your warning sign that you've overdone it. Remember, the goal here should always be to get better, to make progress. I mean, injuries happen from time to time, but hopefully they're just a fluke or the result of some accident or mishap, not a result of your daily movement activities. 
Number four, if you're feeling more moody and constantly tired, I mean, movement is supposed to make us feel good due to the high level of endorphins and dopamine released and circulating in your body after a workout. It's supposed to be a good feeling. But if you're not getting that anymore, or if you feel like napping after every exercise session, or worse, you just dread the thought of getting up to do it. If you feel like a bear who got pulled out of hibernation after a workout, and it isn't making you feel good, it's probably time to scale down a little bit. Number five is craving sugar. Now, I'm not saying at all that sugar is a bad thing. As a nutritionist who practices intuitive eating, I really believe there are no good or bad foods. Go ahead and eat sweet things to your heart's content. But if you find yourself craving it or are ravenously hungry due to upping your exercise intensity, that's a sign that your body is depleted and starving. Cravings are a result of restriction or insufficient nutrition to meet our energy expenditure. That's a topic for another day, but failing to fuel your exercise is super risky. Number six, you get sick more often. Well, there's many reasons that a person could fall ill. Exercise shouldn't be one of them. Movement is known to be one of life's natural immune boosters, but over-exercising can deplete the immune system and make it harder for your body to ward off illness. So if you're getting cold after cold and that's not normal for you, that's a sign. And then the final red flag is gaining weight. And I want to be really careful here because I absolutely do not believe that exercise should be used as a way to control or shrink our bodies. I know you've heard me talk about this. It's totally normal for weight to fluctuate from time to time. And I don't think focusing on weight or even weighing ourselves does anything to help us. But you can't deny the fact that one of the results of moving our body is that calories are burned. And if you find yourself feeling like your clothes are getting tighter, even though you're exercising lots and eating reasonably, that could be a sign that your body is stressed. Cortisol is the hormone that is produced by our adrenal glands when we get stressed out. And it's normal during and after movement to see a little surge in cortisol. But we should also have those happy hormones flowing through like dopamine and oxytocin. So that levels it out. But a consistently stressed body means that you have consistently elevated levels of cortisol. And one of the side effects of high cortisol is metabolic dysfunction. The body doesn't properly digest or metabolize calories when we're stressed because it's constantly in flight or fight. And then weight gain can happen. So what I'm saying is if you're exercising an awful lot and feel like you're gaining weight, no matter how hard you work, that could be why. It's a big red flag. So if you're listening to this and it resonates in you, or if you're feeling tired and unmotivated and recognizing that maybe it's because of overtraining, well, good for you. Acknowledging what's going on is the first step. And awareness allows for choice, which is how we change. So deciding today to respect your limitations and meet yourself where you're at could save you an injury or at the very least help you rediscover some joy and movement. But how do you make the switch? Well, respecting your limitations starts with respecting your body. And here are a few ways that you can show your body some respect. Number one, nurture a relationship with yourself that considers the needs of your whole being, not just your physical body, but your mental, spiritual, and emotional body as well. What level of intensity allows you to feel your best and give your best in all of those areas? Number two, 
Take a minute and rethink your goals around fitness. Get really clear on what's important to you and why. What are you actually wanting to gain from your daily movement practice? Is it possible you're already fit enough? Do you need to keep progressing? And if yes, why? How will getting stronger or faster or more flexible better nourish your whole self and help you become the person you desire to be? Number three, scan your body before each movement session and ask yourself, what is the most respecting choice for my body today? It's okay to have a training plan, but if following it rigidly causes you to dread working out or causes you to push through pain or discomfort or ignore your need for rest, then it's not respectful. I do a body scan in each of my group fitness classes at the beginning while we do some mobility warm-ups. And the whole idea of it is just to connect with our body, all the different parts of us, and take a moment to notice how we feel so that we can set our intention for the movement session and decide what's going to serve us best for the next half hour, 45 minutes while we move our body. So I highly recommend that you do that. And then also at the end of your session to make sure that the intention you set at the beginning was met. Okay. Number four, if you're injured or have physical limitations of some sort, you need to figure out how you can move your body without pain. So maybe you need to consult a sports medicine doctor or a physiotherapist or a personal trainer who's, who's trained in working with injuries to find ways to move that don't hurt. I honestly believe that movement is needed and available to everybody. There's so many fun, challenging, and interesting ways to move no matter what obstacle you're up against. So figure out what moves you. And number five. This is really important. You need to know that your limitations don't mean anything about you. We all have limitations. None of us are excellent at everything, and we all have setbacks. Choosing to believe that there's something wrong with you or that you're less than if you're not the best or that you deserved it if you got injured, that's going to set you down a path of using exercise as punishment. Respecting your limitations also means respecting yourself. Even if you're not where you want to be in life or in your fitness, even if you wish to grow and improve, you deserve to treat yourself with respect in the current moment. Okay, so I hope that helps you friends, maybe gives you some food for thought, gets your wheels turning about how respecting your limitations and yourself can help you have more joy in movement. Before we sign off for today, I have a couple further resources that I want to share with you that you might find helpful. So we're coming up on the holidays here in a couple of weeks. And I don't know about you, but I always start evaluating things around this time and start thinking about goals for the next year, how I want things to look coming up. Now, I hate New Year's resolution, the whole new year, new you BS that diet culture spews at us every year this time of year. Are you with me on that? I mean, none of it works. We try it and we fail. We end up worse than where we started and we feel like a total failure. Can we all just decide this year that we're not going to do it? Can we make 2021 the year that we say no to diet culture? 
Can that be our New Year's resolution? Can we just stand up as a group and say hell no to playing small and believing that shrinking our bodies is where we'll find our worth? If you're with me on that, then I want to invite you to attend a free webinar that I'm holding on January 6th at noon EST. It's called This Is My Year, Goal Setting Like Never Before. We're going to take everything that you know about goal setting and flip it right on its head. Forget about smart goals. We're going to 10x goal setting to help you set goals that light your soul on fire and that you'll actually achieve. No more feeling like a failure, not good enough. This is your year to go after what you want. I happen to know the reason why 90 plus percent of goals go unmet, and I'm going to help you bust through that. You're going to learn real life practical tools during the webinar. I'm going to coach you through the goal setting process. You're going to get a great workbook as well to help you get clear and put your goals on paper. And there's also going to be time to ask me questions at the end. The webinar is free and it will be recorded if you can't make it live, but of course you'll want to try to get there live so that you can have the chance to ask me questions in real time. So you can go and register for that free webinar on my website, radiantvitality.ca slash this is my year. The link is also in the show notes as well. And also in the show notes, you'll see the link to The Motivation Secret, my free guide to help you get unstuck and cultivate the desire within to move your body for fun. All right. Until next week, friends, thank you so much for being here, for being part of this community. Remember that you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Radiant Vitality Wellness, and you can learn more about how to work with me on my website, radiantvitality.ca. Be well, my friends, and here's to your Radiant Vitality. Thanks for tuning into the Power in Motion podcast today. If you love what you're learning here, then I invite you to take the next step of embodying these concepts into your own life so that you can live your healthiest, happiest life and never again feel held back by your body. Coaching is the fastest, most efficient pathway to taking what you know in your head to actually applying it and seeing results. Whether you're looking to make changes around movement, food, body image, or all three, I'm here to help you nurture a kind, respectful, and trusting relationship with your body so you can feel your very best. Click the link in the show notes to book a free consultation and together we'll uncover what's getting in the way of you having the results you want. You'll leave this call knowing exactly what you need to work on and together we'll explore whether one of my coaching offers is a good fit for you. I can't wait to meet you.